thank you for being here. It is Palm Sunday. We're celebrating uh, the Holy Week, as a lot of people call it, what Jesus did leading up to the cross and his resurrection. Uh, how many of you know that Jesus thoroughly and completely defeated the enemy? 2,000 years ago this week, that's what we're celebrating. Any enemy that you could think of to name, including death, hell, and the grave, have all been defeated because of what Jesus did. And we walk in that victory today. That's part of who we are. That is our inheritance. We are victorious. The Bible actually refers to us as more than conquerors. So I just want to remind us of that today. Uh, every, I think every season of our lives ought to be celebrating the resurrection. We don't need to wait till just one time a year, right? Because we carry his life with us wherever we go. And uh, we're going to start a series today uh, for the Easter season leading up to Easter week and the week beyond. And uh, I wanted to ask the question, has anybody ever needed help remembering? something. I'm in the right room this morning because everybody instantly went there. Uh, we were just helping Silas with some stuff for school last night, and uh, I had no idea what the username and password was to log in. Does anybody have one of those scraps of paper with stuff written and scribbled all over it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you lost it, you would be a complete mess and you'd be lost forever. Uh, and then my son-in-law, Daniel, sitting back there thinking, you keep all that in your phone. Why are you talking about scraps of paper? Sometimes we need help remembering things. And that's where we were last night with Silas. I couldn't remember. And, and I will say this, uh, much to my chagrin to actually admit this. If you never actually created an account somewhere, clicking the forgot password button doesn't help. And that's all I'll say about that story. But we needed help to remember something because we were going through it. Uh, how many of you need help to get certain places? If you're driving or walking, you need to get somewhere and maybe you forgot your phone and you need to see the landmarks to get there. How many, how many of you ever had a Pittsburgh person give you directions that included, turn left where the Gulf Station used to be? <laughs> that's helpful if you've lived here for 40 years. Probably not so helpful if you just moved here from out of town. We, we need these landmarks and things to help us direct our lives to remember where things used to be. Uh, think about it. Even corporately, we do this to help us remember. We establish holidays and we build monuments to things. We use tangible things to help us remember events and seasons that have happened in our lives. Monumental moments that have taken place in our lives. We usually build something or use something to help us remember that. And I was thinking about looking at some of the, the different monuments and the m memorials that people erected this week. Uh, we actually just uh, had a memorial service for my grandmother yesterday in Nanny Globe. Many of you remember her. She, she came to the church a little bit. She passed away in January. So we had the service yesterday and there is a marker in the ground that helps memorialize my grandmother. It has her name on it and the year she was born and died. We build these things out of stone because it's lasting and has some permanence to it. And every time we see that, I know Grammy's not there, but if you see that stone, you remember a whole life that was lived and memories that, that flood you and fill you with who that person was. And those stones, we use them because there's permanence to them, that they are solid. They're not going to be easily moved. And uh, I, I was thinking about stones this week. I'm talking about stones, not stoned. Just, just to be clear, that's a whole nother sermon for a whole different day. Uh, gosh, I could get into so much trouble right now, probably. Uh, my, my only commercial for that, gosh, this, this, maybe you need this this morning, for whatever you want to put in your body, 
All I will say is the Holy Spirit is actively working to develop self-control in you and make your body a temple of the Holy Spirit. So whatever you need to do with that, don't do things that are working against what the Holy Spirit's doing. That's my commercial this morning. Uh, but I thought I saw this, com- uh, this cartoon. If you go to the next slide there, uh, the kids are complaining about how old their, their grandparents are. He says, my, my grandparents are from the Stone Age. And the grandfather says, that's the Rolling Stones age. Maybe you ever feel like that. I, I think there is, I'm talking about stones being permanent and lasting forever. I feel like the Rolling Stones are being permanent and lasting forever. How, what is Mick Jagger? Is he like 120 now? I, he, he looks like it. Um, I, I saw this meme. It was Keith Richards. And it said, if, if anybody uh, tries to tell you moderation will help you live longer, remind them that Keith Richards is 80. I, I really don't know how old they are. I didn't look it up. But they look like they're 120. So uh, I'm not talking about the Rolling Stones or being stoned. I'm talking about stones. And as we head into the Easter season, I want to look at some significant stones in the Bible, what they help us remember and how they relate to what's going on in our lives. And, and I did see this picture. This is a little bit of a dad joke. But don't worry if you've had an event in your life that needs to be changed. Nothing is written in stone except... Come on, the irony of that picture just... All right, never mind. We'll move on to something more spiritual right now. Think about what stones do in our lives. Uh, Stones can be used to build things or tear things down. How many of you have home improvement projects that have ever ended with just pick up and bash it with a rock? I don't have the right tool, just just grab a rock and use it. Uh, stones can be used to mark things, boundaries, fences, gravestones like we talked about, memorials that we have. They, they mark things to remind us. Stones can trip us up sometimes, or stones can give us a place to stand on to get a better view of things. And as I was thinking about stones, I would like us for this series, think of stones as being natural representations of situations and circumstances that have come into our lives that we've built upon, that we get experience from, stones that help us remember and learn things in our lives because of what we've experienced. And as I was thinking about it, every stone has a story. That's what I want us to focus on in our lives. As we think about stones being, oh, that's a representation of a season I went through and, and something I learned and something I need to remember. Every stone that has come into our lives has built something and it has a story that can be told and learned from. Uh, it could be getting, in, getting or losing a job. Come on, that could be a stone that's built in our life that we learn something valuable from. Uh, It could be getting married or or the birth of a child or or losing a parent. Those are all stones that come into our lives that we learn things from that remind us of the season that happened. Uh, It could be getting an award somewhere. It could be wrecking your car. It could be getting a report from the doctor. I don't know what it is, but those are all experiences and seasons that we have that build something into who we are And we can learn from them and be reminded. And just like the background picture on the screen there, how many of you know stones or circumstances, experiences come in all different shapes and sizes? Come on, there there could be things that some stones in our lives are so big that uh, we remember exactly where we were and what we were doing when that happened. And then some some stones are so small that we don't even notice they're there until enough of them accumulate to, to, hey, there's a big pile of rocks sitting here. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. Sometimes we're experiencing them together. Sometimes we go through things alone. Uh, some stones we're thankful for and some stones we want to get rid of. How many of you have had seasons or memories that you'd like to not remember anymore? Man, I wish I could get that stone out of the garden and just throw it over the hill somewhere. 
but they're all part of building who we are, and they should help us remember something. And we are celebrating this week and this season, we're celebrating one of the most important, or I will say the most important stone of all. Now, I'm not talking about the stone that rolled away from the front of the grave. We'll talk about that one next week. I'm talking about Jesus himself. Here's a key verse for this series. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus was talking to some uh, teachers of the law. And in verse 42, it says, Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. Come on, how many of you know Jesus wasn't talking about a natural stone? He wasn't giving a lecture to a bunch of masons and saying, hey, use the right stone. He was talking about himself. He was saying, I am the one. Come on, I am the cornerstone. What is a cornerstone? Anybody building here? A cornerstone is the most important piece of a building you lay. It's the first block that goes in, and it determines whether or not everything else that you build is going to be straight or if it's going to fall down someday. And Jesus was telling them, he was telling the religious leaders, even though you've rejected me, God is going to build everything he builds in this realm on me. Jesus was not just a truth that we move past and then we learn bigger and better things. He is the truth that everything in our lives is built upon. If you want to know how you're doing in your, in your Christian walk or if you're loving people or being a good person or how you're conducting your affairs, everything is measured against Jesus and who he is and the standard he set for us. He is the foundation of everything else that is built in our lives. Or should I say maybe he should be the foundation of everything built in our lives. And it doesn't matter what other stones get thrown into our lives, what other building material, what other blocks come, what gets placed in there. If Jesus really is our foundation, we're going to be okay, no matter if it's a good stone or a bad stone. We're trusting in and leaning upon him. And there, come on, think about this for a second. He is the cornerstone. He's the one that we're walking. It sounds so great to say in church till we actually get out in the middle of the world and go through a difficult circumstance. And the tension of the Christian life is we believe that. We know that Jesus is our foundation. He's the cornerstone. But I don't always get a say in what other stones come into my life. If if I had a say in control over things, man, every single experience I have would be just wonderful and perfect and fit right exactly into the wall next to the one next to it. But it doesn't work that way. We walk through a real world that has real tension, real, real difficulties in it. Sometimes the stones that come into my life, I think, oh, that one didn't fit the way I wanted it to fit. Or it was too heavy, I can't carry it. We don't get a say over it, though, but we do stay connected to Jesus. And he is the source of it. Uh, Here's Paul addressing that tension, that we don't always get to control what stones come into our lives. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have more than enough. I've learned this secret so that anywhere at any time I am content, whether I am full or hungry, whether I have too much or too little. How many of you can relate to Paul? Life happens. There's ups, there's downs. There's high points, there's low points. There's times of abundance, there's times of lack. And we don't always get to control what those things are, but Paul says, it doesn't matter what's happening around me. It doesn't matter if a stone has come that's brought lack into my life or one that's brought abundance. I figured out how to be content. I can build with whatever comes my way, with whatever happens in my life. I've learned a secret. How many of you think that sounds amazing? 
tell us the secret, Paul. We're, we're waiting. Like, like, that sounds amazing. I would like to be able to say, it doesn't matter what comes through my life, whether it's an up or a down. I've learned how to adjust to every situation. I've learned how to be content. He goes on and he gives us the secret in the next verse. Verse 13 says, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. Some of you may have a translation that you, you've memorized that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, he's saying it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It goes back to the cornerstone. What have we built our lives on? Are we staying connected to Jesus? If I am connected to him, that's where my strength comes from. I will be able to do all things. I will be able to bear up under anything that comes through my life. Because of Jesus, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. It's our connection to him that matters. And he gives us the strength to endure whatever comes. I saw this great quote this week. Graham Cook said, we do not live in our circumstances. We live in Christ. How many of you know that's a truth we need to learn and get down inside of us? It's not necessarily saying that every circumstance is going to be good. Wouldn't that be an easier sell to get people to pack out the church and sell Christianity? Every circumstance will be good if you just come to Jesus. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? Every circumstance may not be good, but he is good at every time through every circumstance. And he is the faithful one that if we stay connected to him, just like Paul said to the Philippian church, I can do everything through him that gives me strength. I don't live in my circumstances. doesn't mean they're great circumstances. It simply means I'm not moved by them. I'm, I am more moved in responding to what Jesus is saying and doing in my life than what's going on in the world around me. That's good news, isn't it? You guys, you guys okay with that, sharing a little bit of good news? I'm, I'm thinking about Jesus being the cornerstone, and, and I've, I've heard people say, oh, why can't we talk about something else? You talk about Jesus all the time. I don't know what to tell you about that. Like, oh, can we have some deeper truths and move on to something else? There is no deeper truth. It is all about Jesus. He's the glorious one. He's the victor. He's why we're here together. He's why we're celebrating. He transforms lives. He saves, heals, and delivers. He still does it all today. He's been doing it for 2,000 years and beyond, and he's going to continue to do it. And I, I don't know what else people are waiting and looking for, but there is a very real person named Jesus who is the truth, and he loves people so desperately that he stepped out of heaven, and he went to the cross to die for them so they could know him. That is what we carry. That's what we proclaim to the world. That is the value that we have as Christians is the message and the person of Jesus that we carry. And he really enables us to walk through this life as great as it can be or as crummy as it can be. He enables us to go through every season because he's with us and he gives us strength. And sometimes the problem is we try to avoid some of the difficult stones and the stuff that comes into our lives and we start building according to our own plan. Anybody ever have a season where you start building things your way? Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid those things and I'll just do it this way. There, there are some, I'm just thinking there are some things I have fixed and built over the years in my home that I wish I would have built a different way. And it's the same thing in our lives. Anytime we try to build it according to our plan, it doesn't go well. Uh, Here's a a story from Genesis. Uh, The population had started to increase after Adam and Eve left the garden. They started to spread across the earth, and they famously went to a place called Babel. 
And in Genesis 11, verse 3, it says this, they began by saying to each other, let us make bricks and harden them with fire. And watch this part of the verse. It says, in this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches to the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. And it it just struck me, it was fascinating in that verse. Instead of using the natural materials or the materials that God had given them, the stones to make monuments and to build things, they manufactured their own building material. And they began to build according to their own plans. They tried to simulate the strength of stone through their own processes. And that's exactly what we do sometimes. I'm going to ignore the stuff that God's trying to send into my life because this is an easier way to build. Or I'm going to do it this way. And they were in a land that that was the pattern. Oh, we don't use those stones. That's for, that's for whoever losers are using their stone. We're going to use bricks because we made them. And they began to adopt the customs of the people whose land they were in. Is anybody else connecting on this with me? Because that's exactly who we are in the world. We, we are from a different place. We are here in this world, but we're not of it. And the, and the point is we don't do things and operate the same way the world does. We have a different kingdom that is operating in our lives. And, and any time that we try to pattern ourselves and go along with the crowd and do things the way the world does, oh, we're going to build this way because that's what they do here. We end up building weaker houses. We end up building things that are going to eventually collapse. We end up building things that are going to lead to confusion and being scattered. Because that's the end of the story, what happened to the people. Instead of remembering, oh, we have roots in Eden. We, we have been with God. We have a heritage of knowing the one true God who created us. And we have ancestors that worshiped him. Instead of doing that, they said, we're going to do things like they do it here in this land. And they started to build according to their own pattern. And they ended up being scattered. Anytime we build according to our own pattern, we're doing it because we want to pursue fame, build a monument to ourselves, make us look good. God's way of building not only will strengthen us, but it strengthens the people around us. Man, I am desperate for us to let God build something of value in us to impact the world around us. There's a lot of people that aren't in this room this morning, that aren't in any church family today or even next week on Easter. They don't have a grid for God who, who so loved them that he sent Jesus. And God wants to build something in us that makes that message resound in the world around us. Hmm. Our tendency is to avoid the difficult things and only do the easy things that make us look like the rest of the world, that make us look great on social media. Come on, how many of you know everybody on social media looks like their lives are perfect? It's like the the mom at the swimming pool, she gets the the baby out, puts her down next to the pool, gets out the toys, and then like, hold on, we're going to take some pictures. And then she's posting them all, and, and the kid never gets in the pool. The mom never plays with the toys with her. Like, but if you would look at it online, man, look at that great mom. She had a wonderful day at the pool with her kids. Whatever it is, that's what happens when we try to build ourselves. We make it look great on the outside, but it's not firm. It's not built according to the cornerstone. The world's plans produce confusion, and they scatter us. But God builds something permanent inside of us. I can't tell you, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's being built according to the world's plans, and you can see confusion in people's lives at every turn. 
Confusion about the future, confusion about people's identities, confusion about what's right versus wrong, confusion about what defines success. And we are called to be different. There are things that God wants to build in us. And uh, I was thinking that in the good seasons, it's, it's easier to set up memorials and celebrate what God has done. Like, yes, we're going to look back and talk about that. We're going to celebrate that. It is the walking through the valley of the shadow of death that's hard to memorialize and hard to find something to celebrate. It's, he's feeding us in the very presence of our enemies. How I many of you know, even in the midst of the most difficult circumstance you've ever walked through, God was there doing something. And, and there's something that we can find to put a marker in the ground to say, hey, God was with us. It's the difficult circumstances where we need to learn what he wants to teach us. I got one last story for you today about uh, a stone in the Bible. Uh, there was a man named Jacob. He had a brother named Esau that he deceived. And he deceived Esau out of his birthright and the things that were entitled to him. And you might experience this or expect this, but it says in Scripture that Esau wanted to kill Jacob. How many of you have ever had a sibling that literally was plotting to kill you? Nope. I've watched too much Dateline, maybe. That's, that's always the story. Like, it's the brother. He wanted to kill him. Like, he paid a hitman. I don't... I'm not, I just, did I just endorse Dateline? I don't, don't watch too much of that. You'll, you'll see conspiracies everywhere afterwards. All I know is Jacob literally had to run away from his sibling because it said Esau was plotting to kill him. He was so angry that you stole my birthright. And uh, Jacob went away, and this is what it says as he ran away in Genesis chapter 28, verse 11. It says, at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. And, and in our story here, if we're thinking about stones being circumstances or events or things that, that happen in our lives that we want to memorialize, it says he put his head against the stone. And to me, that, that was a picture of seeking to understand what God is doing in our circumstance. Sometimes we need to put our head against the stone and say, Lord, I'm just going to pray into this. And I want to know, reveal to me, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through what's going on right now? Because there are some circumstances that I have no idea what God's trying to do. Come on, can we be honest this morning? Has anybody ever been there? You're, you're going through something and you're like, God, Pastor Chris said you're teaching us something in every circumstance, but I don't see it in this one. And sometimes we need to put our head against the stone. Lord, I'm going to press in and just ask and seek you. What are you doing right now through this circumstances? What are you trying to teach me? And as he's leaning against the stone, uh, the story goes on in chapter 28. He has a vision. He literally sees heaven opened. He sees the Lord. And he sees angels ascending and descending upon the stairway to heaven. And I know we're talking about stones today, but Led Zeppelin was also onto something too. No more dad jokes. Back to the message. He sees this vision of heaven. He sees the glory of God. He sees the skies open and the angels coming and going. And I feel like God's saying, you may not see it when you're looking through your natural eyes, but I'm releasing heavenly activity in your life through the circumstances you're in. How many of you have ever been up against the stone and you don't see it, but later in hindsight, you look back and you're like, holy cow, look what God did in my life. He saved me. He preserved me. He kept me from dying. Whatever it is, we look back later and we can see, God, you really were at work. 
And there are those times when we need to press in, say, Lord, I'm praying through. What are you doing in this circumstances? And he may begin to show you, look at heaven being released right now while you're here in the middle of this mess. And it says in Genesis 28, 18, the next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone that he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil all over it. That's a funny little thing to add in there, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping in the middle of the field. I had to use a stone for a pillow, but I just happened to have a whole gallon of olive oil with me to pour on this, pour on this rock. Your memorial may not be a literal stone, but sometimes we need something tangible to remind us of the promises of, from God, of what he's spoken to our lives. And come on, don't, please don't become some weird knick-knack collector. Don't, don't gather a whole bunch of stuff in your, in your house and say, these are my talisman that show me. Like, don't be that person. But sometimes there are very real things that we need to go back to, whether it is a physical place or a thing that we have in the house or just a memory in our heart. Lord, I need to go back to a place to remind me what you've spoken to me and what you've given me as a promise. If we forget what the stones represent, it's just a pile of rocks. That, that memorial stone that Jacob rested his head on and had that vision, if, if he forgot what it represented, it's just a rock there in the field. It doesn't mean a thing. And actually, if we forget, those rocks become too heavy to carry after a while. Like, why are you carrying all that stuff around? I don't know. I forgot. But if we stay connected to Jesus and what those things mean, oh, these are my memorial stones of what he's done in my life. And part of the process, why he poured that oil on there, I think part of the process is letting those moments be saturated with the Holy Spirit. When's the last time? And, and I am, come on, I am the king of being guilty of this. You get in the middle of a hard circumstance and you forget to pray. You forget that God's with you. Is, that, is it just me? Has anybody else ever been there? Is, is it okay for the pastor to admit that? <laughs> That you're in the middle of a tough circumstance and you forget, wow, what we did during worship today. I could do that. That's not hard. I don't need the band to, to just open my mouth and just say, God, you're worthy. I don't, need, I don't need anybody else around to invite the Holy Spirit to pour out the oil and say, please come and be present. Saturate this place with your presence, Lord Jesus. And in the middle of doing that, he shows up. And I think that's the picture why he poured that olive oil. He says, this promise from God, this circumstance I'm going through where I'm on the run from my brother, I'm afraid, I'm sleeping here in the middle of the field with a pillow of a stone, I'm going to pour olive oil on it to say, Jesus, come be present in this moment. Let this circumstance teach me something. Let it transform me. Let it embolden me to go do what I need to do. With, with no Holy Spirit, ooh, Anybody ever set up a monument to their pain? And we keep revisiting that thing and experiencing it over and over again? If, if that's a place where you are, you know somebody like that. Come on, I've seen people, they keep going around the same thing and they have this wound that it's like it never heals because they go back to that same place and it's almost, I don't know, the, the phrase I'm hearing right now is almost like building an altar to your pain and your, your wounds. And maybe, just maybe, we need to pour the flask of oil into that wound and turn it from being a monument to our pain to being a monument to healing. 
and seeing, seeing Jesus, letting him do something in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit and transform that circumstance. Gosh, I don't know if that's for anybody in this room or for somebody we know, but if you, I'm, I'm going to believe and pray right now. Lord Jesus, if we come across somebody later this week that is going over and over again, rehearsing those wounds and that pain, and it's causing them to become bitter and, and hard against what you want to do, Lord Jesus, remind us of this moment right now and just let us be ones that speak life and begin to pour out the oil, the Holy Spirit, into people's lives and let your healing flow. God, I just ask that the words and the actions that all of us in this room, that we take when we are out there, that they carry the power of the Holy Spirit to heal and release and to save and deliver. Hmm. This is what happens when we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. Genesis 28, 22, I'll close with this verse. Jacob says, And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me, even the difficult stones. Come on, this was a guy that was on the run, afraid for his life. It was a difficult season. And even those difficult stones can become a place of worship. To pour out the oil. Jacob had a place now. I can come back whenever I'm in a tight spot, whenever I'm on the run or afraid in the future, I can come back to this spot and be reminded and worship the God who is with me. In a few minutes, some people are going to come up and be baptized this morning. They're going to have a memorial stone of, of, to celebrate in their lives and to say, look at what God has done in my journey. I've, I've went through the waters of baptism and he is with me. And as we're doing that, I just want us to, to think about the memorial stones and the places of what you've gone through recently. And if there's a, a, a spot in particular that's been difficult, this is the action item this week. Worship in the middle of whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. There, there might be a difficult stone that's coming to your life. That, Lord, I'd rather not receive this one. I'd rather not have to experience that. I'd like to give that one back to you. Come on, how many of you wish God did exchanges and refunds? How many of you know God does do exchanges? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. He takes our sorrow and gives us joy. He does things that exchange things. But sometimes we get these circumstances or these seasons that come through our lives and we think, I don't want this one. And instead of saying, I don't want this one and rejecting it, why don't we stop and just start to worship in the middle of it? Say, Jesus, I'm not sure what you're doing, but you promised that you're always up to good on my behalf, that you're working all things together for good. Half of us walk around sometimes like we think, oh, he only works some things together for good. He's working all things together for good. And some of the ways that we remind ourselves of that is just stopping and worshiping in the middle of whatever it is we're going through. Whether it's questions whether it's celebrations, whether it's hard emotions, whatever it is, stop in the middle of that and begin to worship and see what kind of memorial stone God sets up in that moment. And I also want to say, if you're, if you're here in this room this morning or you're watching online, this would be a great day to set the cornerstone of your life in place. And just say, Jesus, I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to build the rest of my life on your life and your teachings and, and your love for me. If you need to do that today, we're, we're going to have an opportunity for you to come up and pray with some people at the front. Uh, we'd love to introduce you to Jesus, let you know what it means to be a Christian and to follow him. And uh, 
gosh, I got a couple things happening in my head right now. If, if you need to get saved today and receive Jesus, you can do that. We'd love to introduce you. If you're in this place today and you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you, you don't know what it means to pour out that flask of oil all over that stone and just be saturated with his presence and his life and his love. Uh, that's going to be available today too. Uh, the ministry team will be up here on my my left, your right. After, uh, after we do water baptisms, uh, we're going to worship together. And as we dismiss, if you need to take advantage of, I just need to be saturated. Holy Spirit, more, more, more. I want to be baptizing you. Come up this morning afterwards, and there will be some people to pray with you and make that a reality and make that happen. Uh, there really is something to the Spirit-filled life. I don't know any other way to explain it, that, that when His power and His presence comes upon you, you really can do all things through Christ strengthening you. There, there is no circumstance that can steal your victory from you. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your activity in our lives. We thank you that you've saved, healed, delivered, and you're still doing that work in our lives, that you still are coming in your strength and your power to transform us, to to make us look more and more on the outside like what you've already done on the inside. Thank you that we are a people who know your good love. We know your forgiveness. We know your power. We know your fame. But all those things, the most important thing, we know you. We know you and have a personal relationship with you. And God, I ask that you would continue to speak to our hearts, continue to, to watch over the good work that you've started in us, continue to grow us and cause us uh, to be ones that represent you well everywhere that we go. Let our lives be a testimony of your goodness. And Lord, I ask right now for all of us in this room that as we leave this place today, whatever circumstance or situation we walk through, remind us that you're present with us and that we can experience your rest simply by turning our heart towards you, worshiping you in that moment and remembering that you are there.